Um, but we're in Joshua chapter 3, and we've been in a series of messages entitled Stepping Into Your New Day from the book of Joshua. And this morning, I want to speak to us about a step into the amazing, a step into the amazing from Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8 and then skip to verse 13. And so the Bible says that early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Let me read that again. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that, that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Go with me to verse 13. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during, the, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your word this morning, and I pray that you would use it to speak to us, to encourage us, to build faith in us, and to turn our eyes towards you today. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we've been looking into the book of Joshua, we've seen that God has a land for each one of us. It's a place of purpose, of fruitfulness and blessing. That is, God wants you and me to experience the abundant life of which Jesus spoke. He wants to lead us into the spirit-filled life that the Bible speaks about. He wants each one of us to be able to say that, yes, when I gave my life to Jesus, old things did pass away and everything became new. God wants to take us into a new day. We all know, however, that sometimes that's not as easy as it sounds, is it? After all, we constantly find ourselves up against obstacles, impossible situations, walls, rivers, we might say, that block our way. We face them time and again throughout our lives. They are the things in our lives that stand between us and the life that we know God has for us, the life that we know we ought to be living. Well, as we come to Joshua 3, we read of a great obstacle standing between God's people and their promised land. 
You see, the Israelites are ready to move forward. They're saying, yes, we want to move into the land that God promised us, the land that God has prepared for us. We want to move into that place of purpose and fruitfulness and blessing. We want to step into our new day. But there's just one problem. In between them and their promised land, there's this river. Not a tiny stream that they can just hop over. Not a pond or even a lake that they can walk around. But a huge river called the Jordan. And in fact, in verse 15, we, we, we read there that it tells us that the river was at flood stage. How do you like that? It was at flood stage. It was larger and deeper than it would have been at other times during the year. I mean, can't you imagine them saying, God, why did you bring us to the river at flood stage? You see, this was no small problem. For there between God's people and the land that he had for them stood an impossible situation, something that had the potential to keep them from experiencing that which God had promised them. But notice Joshua's words to the people in verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. In other words, don't worry about the obstacle. Don't worry about the impossible. But God will take care of it for you. God's going to step in. God's going to take you into your new day by doing something that will be absolutely amazing. You see, as we talk about and think about stepping into your new day, I'm sure that all of us here, just about all of us would say, yes, I want to live the life God has for me. I want to experience the abundant life, the spirit-filled life. I want to fulfill the purposes that God has for my life. I want it to be evident in my life that through Christ, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Listen, we want to cross over into that life of blessing that God has designed for us. We want to do what God created us to do, those good works that the Bible talks about. We want to experience a life of purpose and fruitfulness. And yet for many of us, there's something that stands in our way. There's an obstacle, an impossible situation that keeps us from crossing over and fulfilling God's call. Many of us, many of us have a Jordan that stands between us and the life we know we ought to be living. Listen, it might be a marriage relationship that's filled with turmoil. It might be a financial problem that seems insurmountable. It might be constant illness in your body. It might be the tyranny of a habit, a lack of ability or confidence, a recurring sin from which you need to be delivered, a memory from which you need to be set free, a hurt that needs to be healed. Fear, depression, anxiety, despair that's gripped your, your body and your mind. Maybe an attitude of the heart that you know is not right, but just somehow it, it's become an integral part of your nature, that spirit of jealousy, a critical spirit, an unloving heart. Listen, we all have our Jordans that stand between us and the life God has for us. And today you might be wondering how you will ever get past that obstacle and move into the life God has prepared for you. Maybe you need God to do something amazing in your life today. Well, I want you to know he can. He can. For he's still a God who does amazing things for his people. Do you believe that today? He is still a God who calls us to step into the amazing work of his hands. 
And how does that happen? Well, I want us to see this morning what it took on the part of the Israelites to get beyond their Jordan, what it took for them to experience the amazing work of God in their life. And the first thing was this. I call it focus. Focus on the presence of God. You see, we might put it this way, that those who experience the amazing work of God keep their eyes focused on God and his presence within their lives rather than on the obstacle. For as you read through this chapter, I want you to take note of how many times the author refers to the Ark of the Covenant. Almost to the point of being redundant, he writes, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, take up the Ark of the Covenant, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and on and on. And the focal point of the story seems to be not the river, but the Ark of the Covenant. That is, the Israelites were to keep the Ark of the Covenant at the center of all they did. And that's significant when we realize what the Ark stood for, what it meant to the Israelites. That the Ark represented to them the very real presence of God. The Ark was a tangible expression of God's presence with his people. And thus, where the Ark went, the presence of God went. As they followed the ark, they were following the presence of God. As they focused on the ark, they were focusing on the presence of God. In essence, God was saying to his people, listen, don't allow your eyes to get fixed on the problem. Don't get fixated on the obstacle. Don't stare at the river. Instead, fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. You see, as they did, they would find that God himself would lead his people through their Jordan. Over in verses 3 and 4, which we read already, but listen again what it says. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. Listen, God knows. God knew that the Israelites didn't know which way to go or what to do. As God said, they'd never been this way before. This generation had never been up against an obstacle, a river like this. But God would lead them. God would take them the right way. God wouldn't allow them to get lost, nor would he allow them to end up wandering in circles again in the wilderness. If they would stay focused on God and follow his presence, he would get them to the other side. He would get them to the place they needed to be. He would lead them to that place. I want to tell you this morning that God himself is able to lead you to the place he's prepared for you. God knows you haven't been this way before. God knows you don't really know what to do or how to get there, how to move past the obstacle in your life that's before you. He knows you don't have the ability to make all the right decisions or to handle the situation on your own. He knows you don't really know how to get past your Jordan. And if you did, you wouldn't need him. So he says, listen, put your eyes on me. Allow me to lead you and guide you, to help you make the decisions you need to make, to help you get past the obstacle, to get you to the place I've been preparing for you. I love the way Isaiah puts it in Isaiah 42, when the prophet writes, speaking for the Lord, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known, along unfamiliar ways. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Listen, we don't always know which way to go or what to do, but God does. Amen? And so we focus on him and we follow him. We allow him to be our guide. 
Not only that, as we focus, as, as the Israelites would focus on the presence of God, they would find that God himself would overcome the Jordan. Over in verse 13, again, we read these words. And as soon as the, the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set, the, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a great heap. Yes, the Jordan was at flood stage. There seemed to be no way to get two and a half million people plus all their livestock stock to the other side. There seemed to be no way to get around this impossible situation. But God says, let my presence go ahead of you. Stay focused on me and I will do amazing things. I will do the impossible. I will work according to my great power to remove the obstacle and get you over to the other side. Listen, God is able. I hope you know this and believe this this morning. God is able to over to overcome every obstacle that you and I may face. Amen, Amen church? Amen. Listen, you may be facing an obstacle that is too big for you to handle. You may not have the power. You probably don't have the power to get through that difficult situation on your own, to change what's happening around you or even what's happening within you. But God does. For God is the one with the ability and the power to do that which for us is impossible. That's what Jesus said. Listen, with God all things are possible. All things are possible. Again, Joshua said in verse 5, the Lord will do amazing things among you. That word amazing, it means extraordinary, hard, beyond one's own power. In other words, God will work a miracle on your behalf. Oh, listen, as long as we're focused on ourselves or the obstacles before us, we will never overcome the obstacles of life. They will remain impossibilities. But focus on God. Seek his presence. And you and I, we will see miracles. Focus on God. And you will see the impossible will become the impossible. And notice what I'm saying. Focus on God. This isn't about positive self-talk. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We're going to get through. We're going to get through. Focus on God. Focus on his presence. Seek his presence at work in your life. God himself. God himself would overcome that obstacle. But I think most importantly is this, that God himself would remain in the midst of their Jordan until they got through. See, verse 17, again, it says, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. You see, the priests carrying the ark before the people were the first to step into the water. And then when the water was, was cut off, they were to go and take a position in the middle of the river on this dry riverbed. And then the people were to pass through on either side of the ark, keeping their proper distance. And thus, in a symbolic way, God put himself in the middle of their problem. Think of it. God put himself in the middle of their problem. God put himself into the middle of their seemingly impossible situation. And even, listen, even after the waters were, were held back, it was probably a little scary to pass through. I mean, you know, upstream is this big wall of water, and I don't know, I don't think they could see it because of how far away it was, but I can only imagine them as they're walking through. Some of them are thinking, what if the wall of water suddenly collapses? What if the miracle only lasts, lasts so long and I'm, like, stuck here? What if, you know, we come up with a whole bunch of things? And yet there had to be something comforting about having the priests 
with the ark standing there in the middle of the river as the people passed through. There was something strengthening about knowing that God was in the middle of their problem, that the ark of the covenant was there as they walked by. There had to be something encouraging to their hearts to know God is not going to allow himself to be defeated, so he's not going to allow us to be defeated, and he, he has put himself right in the middle of our problem. I want to tell you, God will be with you as you pass through your Jordan. You may not see all the results right away, everything you want to see happen right away, but God will be with you as you pass through your Jordan. The prophet Isaiah wrote Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I love it. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The psalmist wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. You are with me. God has promised to be with us in the midst of every problem, every difficult, every obstacle. He's the one who said, even in chapter 1 to Joshua and the people, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And sometimes those problems may seem to intensify. There are times when the obstacles seem to be getting bigger and bigger. But you need not fear. I need not fear. For God is with us in the midst of it all. God will be there to help you, to protect you, to keep you, to do something in amazing, something amazing in your life. Let me ask you, do you have a Jordan in your life? Maybe some, a Jordan from the list that I mentioned earlier. Do you have an impossible situation that you need to get through? The first thing you need to do is to get your eyes off the problem. Fix them on God, your Savior. Focus on the presence of God in your life. Spend time in the presence of God. Seek after the presence of God. And as you do, you will find that he is with you and just may do for you what he did for his people in Joshua 3. He just may do some amazing things. Can we believe him for that this morning? Amen. So focus. Focus on the presence of God. But secondly, the second thing that the, that the people needed to do was this. They needed to have faith in the power of God. Amen. Faith in the power of God. Listen, those who experience the amazing work of God live lives full of faith. Faith in God's power to do amazing things for his people. Talk about faith. If these people were ever to get into the promised land as they stepped into that riverbed, they were going to have to trust God for all they were worth. They were going to have to trust him for all they were worth. They were going to have to have faith enough to follow God's leading. For it would not be enough for them just to watch the priests carry the ark into the riverbed, to watch where the presence of God was going. But they were going to have to get up, each one of them, and follow themselves. Oh, but God, I don't know how to swim. Or God, I've never done that before. God, I don't know if I can handle this again. God, what if... But by faith, they would have to say, listen, if that's where God is leading, then that's where we need to go. For we believe that God knows best and that God is able to take us through our Jordan all the way over to the other side. Listen, sometimes God leads us down paths that we're not quite sure of. Sometimes he asks us to go places we have not gone before. Sometimes he asks us to take some steps that in our minds they don't make much sense. And we wish that God would show us the end of the road, don't we? 
Come on, church. But most of the time, he only shows us the next step. Oh, man. God, why do you have to do it that way? Yet by faith, as people of faith, we follow. By faith, we're willing to, we could say, take our chances with God. I know that's a bad expression, right? But we believe that God knows where he's going. That he has the power to take care of anything and everything that might come our way. And so with hearts full of faith, we follow him. We say, God, if that's where you're taking me, that's where I'm going. And they had to have faith enough. Listen, they had to have faith enough to move forward before the problem was solved. In fact, in verse number eight, verse number eight, again, we read this. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Listen, the priests had to step into the river while the water was still flowing. Before God stepped in and worked a miracle. If they waited for the miracle before taking a step into the river, they would have never experienced the miracle. And you know, the Bible gives us multiple examples of those who had to step out in faith in order to experience the work of God in their lives. In fact, you can read all about it in Hebrews chapter 11. That's what that chapter is all about. We, we read there that by faith, Noah built an ark before he ever experienced a drop of rain. If he waited for the rain to come, it would have been too late. By faith, Abraham left his home and followed God even though, even though he didn't know where they were going. By faith, Moses identified himself with the Hebrews rather than the Egyptians, even though it looked like the Egyptians were winning and the Egyptians were in control. And if ever the Israelites were going to get to the other side, by faith, the priests would have to step into the water while the river was still flowing. Listen, too often the obstacles in our lives keep us from moving ahead. They keep us from doing anything new or experiencing anything new because we begin to think we can't move forward until the problem is solved, until the obstacle is removed. But there are times when God calls us to take a step of faith, trusting in him, trusting in his power, even, though we, even before we see the miracle take place, before we ever see it take place. I think about my own life, and you know, I don't like to talk too much about myself because I don't, I don't want you to think more of me than I am, okay? But I had a huge obstacle in my life. I've shared this with you maybe before, but I had, I had a huge obstacle in my life when I sensed God was calling me into ministry. In fact, it was because of the obstacle in my life that, that for many years I tried to go a different way. And that obstacle was the fact that I would even in a Sunday school class, try to read a scripture and I'd be stuttering. I couldn't get the words out. And as God was calling me into ministry, I felt this, this burden in my heart and so forth. You know, I was like, God, I can't do this. I can't talk. I'll tell you, sometimes, sometimes my mind still plays tricks on me. Sometimes the enemy wants to get me. Well, I'm up here reading the scriptures and stuff. It's like, oh, you can't do this. Right? Yeah. I'll tell you this, God didn't take away the stuttering, and then I stepped into ministry. Just didn't happen that way, right? But I had to take a step of faith. As, as I had a pastor who could gently nudge me and say, okay, you're going to teach the youth now. I'm going to teach the youth. You know, I don't know if I can do this. Then I'm finally, I'm going to go to seminary. Well, 
you know, even before seminary, well, you're going to preach on Sunday night. Man, I listened to a tape of that first sermon, and I had all this hesitancy in my voice, could hardly get the words out. I laid on my bed. I cried. My God, I can't preach. I can't do this. It was a huge, huge obstacle that was there. But God was calling me to take a step of faith, and because of that step of faith, you know, the healing, healing began to come, right? The obstacle began to be removed. And listen, I, all I can say is, if God could do that for me, he can do that for you, whatever that obstacle may be. And so often we're hindered from doing what God has called us to do, maybe teaching that Sunday school class, maybe going to that neighbor's house because you got some fear in your heart, you don't feel confident, maybe just kind of living the life that you're supposed to live because of, of some dysfunction in your life. Come on, do you believe that God's able to work a miracle on your behalf? Do you believe that God can work the amazing in your life? Do you have faith in the power of God to overcome whatever it is that stands between you and the life that God has for you? Let me ask you this morning. Do you believe that God can heal your marriage? Do you believe that God can bring about the provision that you need? Do you believe that God can heal your body? That he can help you overcome that habit? That he can give to you new abilities for the day and maybe even a new sense of confidence? Do you believe that God can deliver you from that recurring sin or maybe heal the hurt in your heart or set you free from the memories that haunt you? Do you believe that God's able to heal you from that fear, that anxiety, that, that de despair and depression? Do you believe today that God can change your heart, that God can change your life? Oh, come on, church. Can you trust God with your life? With your life? Do you have enough faith to take at least one step into the new day that God has for you? to step into the, the amazing things God wants to do in your life? Well, the Bible shows us that faith is always the key that opens up the door to the work of God in our lives, starting with salvation and on and on through our lives. For it says we trust God with hearts filled with faith that we begin to experience the work of God, the amazing things God's able to do in us and through us. So I ask you today, are you ready to take a step into the amazing things God wants to do in your life? What's your Jordan? What's the Jordan that's in your life today? What's that obstacle that seems to keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life? The, the abundant life, the spirit-filled life, the life that God intends for you to live. Whatever it is, don't focus on the problem. Focus on the presence of God at work in your life. Seek after the presence of God. And put your faith in God and his love, his grace and power to work in your life. Trust him with everything that's in you. Trust him to lead you and get you through to the other side, to lead you into the life he's promised you. Oh, listen, we, sometimes we need to do, like Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves. That is, prepare yourself by dedicating yourself to him. For tomorrow, the Lord, maybe today, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Come on, church, let's get ready. Let's get ready to take a step into the amazing things that God wants to do in and through our lives in this hour. Amen, church. Amen, church. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Father, right now, I just pray. 
I pray for your people, God. You know every Jordan in our lives. You know every obstacle that we're facing, every hindrance in our lives. And we're praying, God, as we look to you, as we set our eyes upon you, as we look to you with faith in our hearts, as we, as, as today even maybe someone takes a step of faith as they come to this altar and they put their needs in your hands. God, I pray that you would work according to your grace, your mercy, your love, and your power, that you would do something amazing among your people today. Touching lives, changing lives, stopping rivers from flowing, tearing down walls, oh God. Healing healing bodies, healing minds and spirits renewing our lives. I pray for someone's marriage today that they would be healed in the it would be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray for memories, God, that are haunting someone today that they would be healed and removed, God. Lord, I pray against depression and despair, anxiety and fear, God. We know these things are very real, but you're the healer. Heal, oh God. Bring newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Pastor Guy and the team to just begin to lead us in this song. Just do it again, oh God. Do it again. Do it again. And as they begin to lead us, you need God to do something amazing in your life. I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of Jordan you're facing today. But you need God to do something amazing in your life. I'm just going to ask you to come and stand at this altar. And we want to pray over you today in faith. Come on, you come as we sing it this morning.